Hello and welcome to this episode of DJ Force 10 in conversation. Uh, yeah, this episode, my special guest is Don Jameson. He is a stand-up comedian from the US of A. Um, he has released albums on Metal Blade Records, uh, comedy albums that is, and uh, his current one, Denim and Laughter, uh, which is out now. Uh, you can go stream that, uh, download it, buy it, whichever way you get your music right now. Um, but go check it out if you're into like heavy metal and you like your your comedy and whatnot do it um and yes that is a play on the saxon um album denim and leather uh to sort of like uh segue into his uh well now postponed tour um he was going to tour with um uh biff byford uh the front man from saxon um doing a sort of a q and a uh session with with biff uh on his hard knocks tour which unfortunately has now been postponed like i said and um yeah um but we got managed to get him in on the show uh and it was an absolutely fantastic chat so i hope you guys enjoy it um everyone stay safe in this uh pandemic outbreak that we're having as well we do uh talk about it a little bit uh during the interview but not too much um, but I do have a forthcoming guest on the show uh, who is actually based in Italy, and we do have a good chat about it. Um, it is Master Boot Record, who has also released an album on Metal Blade as well uh, called Floppy Disk Overdrive. But that's an interview we'll sort of cover in the next episode. Um, but it's quite fascinating. Um, coming soon, uh, apart from the Master Boot Overdrive, uh, I also have Randy Blythe from um, Lamb of God coming on the show. That was a nice surprise for me. Um, yeah, look out for that one. They've got a new album coming out soon um, as well. Uh, I just want to sh- do a couple of shout-outs, say thank you uh, to the people who have been downloading and listening um, during this time. Uh, the Yes interview uh, was fantastic with Alan White. And, um, yeah, the Sepultura one's really picked up as well. Um, so I hope you guys are enjoying that, and I hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, but just a couple of, uh, couple of tips for this one. Uh, just remember, guys, stay inside. I know it's tempting to go out and about and try and be social and stuff, but do try and stay inside and uh, wash your hands. Um, that seems to be the overall message from uh, the sort of officials going with this uh, current pandemic. And uh, I hope this brings you a little bit of uh, distraction from that. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm going early with this one. Um, the radio show will also go out. We're going to play some Motorhead on that show and stuff like that, sort of really get into it. But... Uh, uh, yeah, this one is uh, Don Jameson. So, uh, yes, enjoy. Don Jameson, thank you for yep. doing this, first and foremost. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm- I'm stuck inside like most other people, so uh, uh, happy to talk to somebody. And <laughs> even though we can't go out and do anything, luckily I've extended St. Patrick's Day indefinitely. Ah, superb. Absolutely <laughs> superb. Um, I was just about to say, I'm a big fan of you. you. Um, I uh, lived in the States for a good sort of five years or so, and um, I really enjoyed watching that metal show. Oh, um, cool! Thank you, man. Um, when it was on on uh, on uh, VH1, me and my wife used to watch it all the time. Um, and yeah, when this opportunity came up, I was like, "Holy shit! Yes, okay." <laughs> well, cool. I'm glad you. I appreciate you spreading the word. And unfortunately, you know, we weren't on in, anywhere in the UK or Europe, which sucked because there's so many you know great rockers um, over there. But that's you know part of the. You know, part of being on a small channel, you know, we were actually on VH1 Classic. Yeah. 
know, um, not regular VH1, which is the difference between hiring Stephen Baldwin and Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> excellent um so um yeah I, I you had a tour lined up um up until this whole uh this whole thing happened um with biff byford of saxon where you were gonna uh interview him at the start of the show you do a bit of a q a um i was just sort of curious i know it's not sort of happening now it's been postponed or cancelled um but h- how did that come about i mean i, I know saxon had uh, they had a little bit of success in the States. Um, I wouldn't say it was massive compared to what they had here, but how did that come about with you? Yeah, man. I mean, um, yeah, there's uh, people can now not see Biff and I in <laughs> the UK and, <laughs> and Germany, Switzerland <laughs> and Sweden and France and the Netherlands. But um, Biff, and, you know, Biff came on, uh, we interviewed him on that metal show uh, he and I just sort of hit it off. Saxon's always been one of my top five favorite bands. Um, and he he, gave me, he had given me his phone number and said to keep in touch, but it was one of those things where I was sort of like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to bother the guy. The guy wrote friggin' Heavy Metal Thunder. What am I going <laughs> to say? You know? Um, and then he just started contacting me, and we, we started a friendship. And um, a couple of years ago, they played in Philadelphia near where I live mm. here in America. And uh, we were sitting uh, having red wine, as one does with Biff yes. when you're in his presence. <laughs> and uh, just joking around, I said, yeah, maybe I'll name my next comedy album Denim and Laughter. Ah. And he loved the idea. And so I did it. I stole all their artwork and you know made a denim and laughter and took all the packaging and and all that and sort of made that the theme of the record and obviously hoping that would be a good tie-in for our tour in april and may but uh be that as it may uh the record is out and um i always try to with my comedy albums i try to parody one of my favorite bands so saxon's mm. always been one yes yeah no that was gonna bring on to my next uh next part it was like um i i got obviously sent that album from metal blade um and uh, I love it. I have it on in the car quite often when, well, when the kids aren't in the car, but when I'm in the car. So, um, um, but um, yeah, no, I was just, because uh, obviously I was going to link it to that with, with having the Denim and Laughter uh, album cover and name. Um, you seem to have a, a, a good sort of affinity with Saxon itself and them being one of the sort of like um, wave of British heavy metal bands that 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 are still going for one and um they're still making you know solid music um it was just seemed that because uh, i didn't know like from because I've, I've i've interviewed other members of saxon or former members of saxon um and they never really talk about the state side of things although i think was it crusader was their sort of breakthrough over there i think it was was it crusader yeah Cru- crusader was a big album for them here um, you know, the early records, definitely Strong Arm of the Law, mm. you know, was, was fairly big over here. You know, when the, when the new wave of British heavy metal came over here, a lot of us got swept up in it, you know, obviously including me. And, uh, you know, Denim and Laughter, Denim and Leather is the first <laughs> Saxon album. You know, I had my grandmother go out and, and buy for buy it for me. And, you know, when she saw them all on the motorcycles on the back, she, she wasn't that excited to... Uh, I've spent her money on it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that album still resonates with me. Uh, and I also 
figured too, you know, if I, if I use the exact same artwork for my album, if I go on tour with Biff, maybe a lot of people will think I'm just selling copies of denim and leather <laughs> and I'll get a bunch of extra sales that way. <laughs> the, uh, the remaster and remix. <laughs> <laughs> my first album was called live and hilarious, which was modeled after thin Lizzie's live and dangerous. Mm. And at the same time, uh, Louis CK, who's a much bigger comedian than I am, had a, an album out called Hilarious. And a lot of people bought my album thinking it was Louis. Uh, so I'm try- <laughs> I try to get sales whatever way I can. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. No, why not? I mean, I was just looking at the at the other albums you got. It was Hell Bent for Laughter. Um, right. And Freeze. Com- yep. And Communication Breakdown. Yeah. A little nod to Led Zeppelin there. Yeah. So you, you have quite an affinity for that that British, that wave of British metal bands. Um, obviously being in the States yourself, um, uh, sort of, you, you seem to have that connection with a lot of our sort of like metal heritage, um, out of the sort of ones that you've, um, that well, the ones, what, what are your sort of like top British metal bands that you, uh, that, that you really like? Obviously Saxon is one of them. Motorhead, Saxon, Judas Priest. I mean, those, to me, that's the. The, the 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 trilogy of of metal for me right there obviously iron maiden has been yeah. a big part of my life so yeah with between british heavy metal and and um and even british comedy you know i mean i was growing up i always i always loved really absurd comedy and the brits were always the best at that you know monty mm-hmm. python and then yeah you know later on you know lemmy t- actually f- turned me on to Derek and clive oh you know who yeah. i just is just incredible. So I always, I always love the absurdity of a lot of British humor. That just because, and especially nowadays, because you have to be absurd in your comedy because the, the headlines are like almost read as if they're comedy bits at yeah. this point. Yeah. So you have to even take it up another notch, which you know I do on this album. I talk about the politically correct world we live in, and the examples I give are you know I make are so over the top and, and ridiculous because that's the only way you're gonna you know get it into people's heads. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, it has to. You do have to push that envelope. Um, I like obviously growing up here uh, in the UK and and sort of having Python as our sort of like you know what what the comedy we grew up on and. There's obviously a lot of like sort of more sort of um like sitcom in like you know that we had over here wartime ones and and like department stores and stuff like that kind of like where well, you have those in the states as well but it was um yeah no the the comedy was always been uh yeah the ones I always sort of draw to are the ones that really do push the the envelope and um are sort of more sort of off the wall if you will um yeah and I always try and find that as well I always love stand up comedy. Uh, I used to run a sort of like a small stand-up night at a venue I used to work at. And um, I'd book like work-in-progress shows with with like comedians that I'd sort of seen on TV as a kid and stuff like that. Because um, it was one of those like, you know, like an improv night kind of thing. So, um, yeah. but I've always loved that, 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 that sort of like absurd British humor. So I've, um, one of the shows that I was part of booking was um, the, the guys from, uh, there was a show called Little Britain. And um, there's a guy called David Walliams and Matt Lucas. And in the actual, like, TV show they ended up making, it's all different characters, different, like, um, things like that. But their live show was absolutely bizarre. Um, <laughs> this was, like, before they, I think it was, yeah, it was before they got the TV or had the TV show. They were a radio-based show initially. Mm. 
and yeah it was just like totally bizarre and then watching them sort of skyrocket after that um here i mean now one of them like acts in various movies the other one's a children's author now which is even more bizarre <laughs> well okay keith richards is a children's author too so yeah that's, yeah, that's true that is true <laughs> nothing more bizarre than an ex-junkie writing children's books no uh, but yeah in america um peter Dud, uh um uh arthur what the frig's his name uh, D- uh peter dudley uh, oh, dudley moore Dudley Moore, sorry. That's all right. I'm think I'm com- I'm combining him and Peter Cook. You are, yes. <laughs> Dudley Moore in America is is this beloved star from the movie Arthur. Yeah. I mean, even still to this day, if you mention his name in America, people, oh, Arthur. You know, so he, you know, it, it's funny because he's was sort of known as this lovable movie actor here. And when Lemmy told me about Dudley and and Clive and told me who they were, I was like, oh my god, that's you know, that's uh, Dudley Moore. That was, you know, that made it even more appealing to me that I, I knew Dudley Moore as this movie dude. And he mm. was, you know, sort of this real counterculture, filthy, you know, let's get stoned and improv a record comic. And I, I just love that about him. You yeah. know, I even love that. um I even love when Ricky Gervais comes to this country and he hosts, you know, these these, these big award shows and he just, as you guys say, takes the piss yep. <laughs> out of our liberal Hollywood douchebags that we have. And it's just, it's the greatest thing ever because they're so pathetic that that they know, like they hate him, but they know that there's no ratings unless they have him open the show. So they yeah. just feed on themselves. So I just love you know, pointing out all that hypocrisy in, in, in our society of what people do and what people say and, you know, kind of what phonies they can be. And, you know, it's just like, I just tell it like it is, man. I, yeah. You know, I got no time to dick around. You know, I'm the guy, that's me. I'm the same guy off stage as I am on stage. I like to scream and yell about stuff. And uh, uh, I'm certainly nowhere in, in, in the, the Hollywood business at all. And uh, I kind of love it that way. I, I'm more, I'm, I'm more identify with the working class. Yeah. No, no. I mean that's good. That's the kind of like the, the, that's the comedy I kind of like to watch. I don't like. I mean, there are some comedians that I've gone to see in like big arenas, and I, it's bizarre seeing a stand-up comedian for one in a huge arena. Like, I mean, it works to a certain degree if you've got like generic jokes that kind of you know span. Uh, whatever demographic you have in there um like non-offensive you know jokes because we've got a few comedians here that that are uh well people would class them as offensive in some cases but um you know you go back to like the peter cook and things like that uh there's another guy i don't know if you've heard of called chris morris Um, okay not familiar with him he did a he did an album with um peter cook um and it's basically them improving like these characters and it is it's it's very uh cerebral <laughs> i'll put it that way okay. there must have been something smoked or taken or something before <laughs> um but chris morris went on to he he's made uh these other sort of comedy albums or like t- radio shows um and tv shows and he's he's definitely pushed the envelope it's it kind of it takes like the modern culture and even twists it even further like into the absurd um he's had like short runs of tv shows uh, he got into a lot of hot water with one of them. Um, 
Uh, he even wrote his own obituary in one of our newspapers here, and then, <laughs> and then moved to France for a bit to let it die down. <laughs> wow! Uh, but he's he's come back. He's made a couple of movies as well. He's done, I think, one called Four Lions, um, which is basically about suicide bombers in London. Um, <laughs> Always hysterical. Yeah, yeah. It's and it, <laughs> it's just like watching these guys go through that process and like trying to figure out, trying to do what they're going to do. But it's it's if you ever get a chance to see it, I think it's on. It might be on the streaming services. But it's like, it's 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 brilliant. And his other TV shows that he did as well, um, you might appreciate if you like that like kind of absurdity. But there was one called Brass Eye. Okay. And it's basically a um, uh, sort of it's it's basically it's, it's a news show. So it's done like this guy presenting it's Chris Morris presenting the news, or and doing like featurettes and stuff like that within it. Um, but it's about like, there's an episode on drugs. There's an episode on animals. There's an episode on, on, on sex. There's episodes on, um, various other things. And then he did one on pedophilia. All right. <laughs> and that's the one that got him in, in, in like deep water. But, um, he, uh, like, like if you go back and watch those shows, you'll see some of the sort of like big actors of now, like, uh, Simon Pegg's in there. Um, sure. and things like that. Cause obviously he came through that sort of circuit of, of like sitcoms and whatnot. Um, but yeah, if you go back, check out his, his, uh, the, the, the album he did with Peter Cook, I'm sure you can download it from, from somewhere. It's like one of the BBC shows, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll definitely find it somewhere. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really good. So if you can, yeah, if you like to sort of that absurd stuff, it still lives on. You've just got to find, <laughs> you've got to find it now. So, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, I like the comics who, you know, like in America, again, I don't know if you, I'm sure you're familiar with Bob Saget, but, oh, yeah, um, yeah. you know, if, if uh, Full House airs over there, then people, he, you know, in America, Bob Saget is known as America's dad, literally. Yeah. He's America's dad. Everyone grew up with Danny Tanner, which was the character, and it's the most wholesome show that anyone on the host America's funniest home videos, which is you know basically kids hitting their you know their dad in the nuts with a wiffle ball bat, yeah. and they put funny sound effect on it. Again, all family humor. Meanwhile, the guy was on stage every night in Los Angeles, just filthy every night, and it was the worst kept secret in show <laughs> business. But most people don't hang out in comedy clubs in Los Angeles, so he you know when I. Finally, went after Full House went off and he started doing a lot more stand-up on the road, I opened for him a bunch of times. And, man, there would always be, like, a mother with her three daughters in the front row. And, you know, if they weren't hor- if they were horrified by me, they were just <laughs> being completely have every hope and dream crushed by seeing America's dad just go up and, you know, start talking about having sex with the Olsen twins and <laughs> – and just his real off-color stuff. And he would always ask me, he'd say, okay, who in the crowd, you know, isn't getting it? And I'd say, okay, I'd tell him, you know, table to the left, mother and two daughters, or this table over here. And it was just so funny because everyone knew him one way, but yet as a comedian, he was always filthy dirty. So I love that about him. Yeah, that's that's quite – I'd heard about that. I'd not seen any of his, like, stand-up. I'd seen – well, I'd seen snippets, but not any of the, like – dirty stuff if you will <laughs> so um but no that's that's uh that that's amazing that was um yeah no i uh, i was a sort of aware he was a stand-up at the same time but i didn't realize he went to those like that length and sort of uh took himself like out of that sort of scenario because i mean obviously it's a good way it's a good way of like venting i guess as well 
doing I've never done stand up but but the anomaly was was that he became America's dad it, he was always a filthy comic yeah you know like Red Fox with Sanford and Son you know most people loved that character Fred Sanford from the 70s sitcom but in when he was playing in in Las Vegas in the nightclubs he was filthy you yeah. know a lot of comedians were that way you know there were you know, um, Martin Lawrence, you know, is an American comedian who yeah. had a big TV show here in America. Filthy comic, but beautiful mainstream career. So it's possible. And, and you know, now in this day and age, you know, obviously you have to be able to adapt somewhat because you just can't go out and and not care at all mm. because you don't want to you don't want to lose your crowd. And, you know, I'm still building mine. So. Um, I don't want to put people off necessarily, but I also want to be able to. So I think you can be more clever now that you can you can say what you want to say, get the same kind of laugh, but also give the middle finger to the bizarre world that we live in now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now now it's kind of like we've gone through or going through the sort of, um, you know, treading on eggshells stage again, where we're kind of like, we can't say that, but can we say this? Can we, we're second guessing ourselves on a lot of, a lot of topics. Um, and some for good reasons, some for, some for very silly reasons, but it's, you know, you need to have that element. You need to be able to laugh at yourself. You need to be able to, you know, have that, have fun with everything. I think, um, cause otherwise you just take everything far too seriously and, you know, it kind of, I don't know. It doesn't make you, you, you limit yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, well, also, you, also you're just living a miserable freaking life. I mean, you know, you got, you got these celebrities in Hollywood, you know, you got Alyssa Milano and Bette Midler and Kathy Griffin all with their fingers on their phone on Twitter waiting to be outraged about something mm. so that they could tweet something. I'm so angry about this. <laughs> and look, why? Live your live your life already. Who cares? It, a joke's a joke. It's like I can't even, you know, everybody's one press of a button away from having their career ended instantly. Okay? Yeah. You know, that's the age we're in because now you can't just you, you can't just um, make a mistake. Now they have to take everything away from you. Mm. Your career has to be gone. Your family has to leave you. They're going to have to take your home. Um, they have to shoot your puppy. It's, you know, <laughs> these are the tolerant, you know, people who, you know, want everybody to, to their, their whole life to be destroyed over, over a, a tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Or even something that was said five years ago, you know, someone, oh, right. someone is yeah. going through your feed looking for that, that one tweet to be outraged by, um, you know, and someone said, you know, if you, like depending because like a lot of, um, I think we had a, an incident here. I think it was a professional uh, soccer player, um, a young one, and he had uh, tweeted something when he was like fourteen or fifteen, um, and he got hell for it. Like it, it was like he almost lost his contract. He almost lost, you know, sponsorship. He almost lost, you know, for something that he said when he was, you know. 14 years old not really kind of like educated you know or didn't realize the impact of at the time um i think yeah i mean he got through it but at the same time like the news outlets were just like hounding and everything and i was like the kid he was a kid 
<laughs> no, it's it, it's true. It's you you know it's it, you get in these situations where you know people want to tear you down for one thing, and it, you know, God forbid, you know, the, the the language changes every every three days. So you know, you never know exactly what you could say anymore. And you know, until the outrage mob starts coming after you, and you go, oh, I guess I. I guess I shouldn't have said that, but, um, yeah, man, it's it just got to the point of where, like I said, you know, I'm not going to let that shut down what I do, but I'm going to just, I, you know, I'm going to out clever them. You know, I'm going to mm. try to do stuff where, you know, I, I'm going to say what I want to say and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, you know, give them the middle finger at the same time. So in, in, a, in a sense it can, it's made hopefully my comedy and, and a bunch of other comedians a lot stronger in terms of there's more layers to what we do now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So uh, back, back on your sort of comedy albums and stuff. Um, how did the relationship with metal blade come on? Um, cause obviously really they're not known for releasing their comedy albums um, <laughs> yeah. on that front, but how, how did that relationship come on? Did you, I, mean, so I know you've had um, uh, Brian on, on your shows. Uh, yeah, Brian Slagle. Yeah, um, is, owns Metal Blade, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was just curious: did, it, did, did the relationship happen through that? Was it just the connections that you had through the bands? What was the sort of like? Because, uh, like I said, you know, Metal Blade. You sort of, I mean, you know, the bands that come out of that. But them releasing comedy albums, that must be, you know, I don't know. You're the only one on there that does that. So was, yeah, there's there's a couple of us on there, but I, yeah, I was okay. the first comedian, comedian signed to metal blade and um you know it, this all kind of ties into what we we're just saying about um you know censorship and and you know people getting outraged I, I knew metal blade would be a great home for me because you know when you have bands like cannibal corpse and six feet under i'm pretty sure you're <laughs> not going to be censoring any of my material no no definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When you have an album, put out albums called Hammer, you know, songs called Hammer, Smash Face, and yeah. I Come Bud, um, I'm pretty sure my uh, my, my free speech is going to be respected. Um, and, of course, you know, hard rock and metal are such a big part of my life. So that was sort of the perfect uh, collision of two worlds for me there. And um, and much like my conversation with Biff, um, the, the record deal with, with Metal Blade came over drinking some red wine. So um, <laughs> it seems like drinking red wine and stealing people's artwork from their albums has, uh, has worked for me. <laughs> it definitely sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> it must be something <laughs> in that wine. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> so, I mean, you don't get many, um, well, I don't, we don't see it so much here, but many comedy albums being released anymore. Um, uh, you see obviously a lot of like, um, everyone, everyone's got like kind of a Netflix special or a Hulu special or whatever, um, thing, uh, like outlet like that. But like, how do you find releasing comedy albums, um, compared to like, I, I, I'm not sure, like compared to the TV show, I suppose. Well, I think, um, I think for me, it's always been about, you know, control and ownership of, of my stuff. So, um, I, you know, I always prefer to do things my way. Mm. And so I never, I never really thought about, I'm not a good guy to mold into a certain situation. Okay. <laughs> <for the death. laughs> 
Um, so for me, it's always been about let me do things my way. And then if people catch on to it, um, that's going to be way more satisfying than to sort of be dictated to about, you know, how things are going to go or whatever. And, and no offense to all the, the comics who, you know, are doing great things out there because I'm a, I'm still a huge comedy fan. There's a million, uh, great comics out there now who have great specials out. Um, now, you know, they should all quit because, <laughs> you know, I need to work, but, yeah. <laughs> um, they are, they, while they're still here, they are good and they are funny, but, for me, I guess um, I always loved that connection with with Metal Blade doing my records with them and not having to worry about dealing with people in suits sort of telling me how things should be done. You know, my new record I did in a literally did in front of forty fans in a speakeasy in Los Angeles, mm. an illegal club. That you know, full bar, stage, sound system. You know, it's a it's a nightclub. Yeah. But Los Angeles County does not know about it, and I <laughs> love the idea of doing it that way because you know, like rock and roll, comedy should always be dangerous. So I thought, you know, what a great position to be in to do stand up in a place that could be raided by the cops at any moment. Yeah. And then on top of that. It was the vibe I wanted to set. You know, no, nobody was setting the tone for me. So I don't know, I've kind of always been a DIY kind of guy. And um, I th- for me, it, it's it's worked the best because then I'm, I'm always satisfied by the stuff that I put out. Excellent. Excellent. So how did you, like, is, like you said before, you, you don't like kind of, I guess, being told what to do. <laughs> um, how, how did you find that on the sort of like TV side of things? Well, listen, when you you know you're making a, a paycheck from a, a TV network, you have to play the game a little bit, which mm. I'm willing to do because that wasn't that was not my my thing, my my thing just on my own. You know, I had two other co-hosts with me. Yeah. And it was an interview show, you know, for people who don't know that metal show, it was a hard rock and heavy metal talk show and you know, obviously we had everybody from Brian Johnson, from ACDC, Lemmy, Biff from Saxon, um, you know, Sammy Hagar, Dave Mustaine, Marilyn Manson. I mean, you name them, we had them on the show. So, you know, that that wasn't a, a situation where, um, it, you know, it was a showcase for me personally. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I was doing a TV show about this music that I've loved since I'm a kid with two of my best friends and i'm getting paid for it so god bless america yeah damn right <laughs> excellent no i used to love that i um i love the sort of like the, the 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 riff bit where you go into a like commercial and you had the random guitarist um like uh oh god what's his name the duke uh damn it. oh rich ward that's it rich ward what I should know that I've had him on my show before. So, <laughs> um, but no, I used to love, I used to love the format of the show. It, it seemed quite relaxed and everything. I was, um, who was who your favorite to interview? Cause you had so many people on there. Um, and I always love seeing, um, like, like Rob Zombie and, 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 and Zach Wilde and all that, like on there. Um, were there any particular favorites of yours that you were like, Oh fuck, he's on my show, you know? Well, pretty much everybody, you know, these are all people that I grew up, you know, were were heroes of mine. But again, you know, 
Um, the easy answer is Lemmy because Lemmy's my hero of all time. Yeah. Um, if he just sat there and smoked and didn't say a word the whole time, that would be the greatest show to me. So uh, always loved when Lemmy came on the show. Um, Alice Cooper always came ready to go, always had brilliant stories, never told the same story twice. Um, he showed up on it by himself, you know, with a book, Yeah. you know, come with a whole posse. Brian Johnson, same thing. He always just, he rolled in by himself looking like he just was about to go on stage with ACDC jeans, black t-shirt, cabbie yeah. hat. <laughs> and, um, but I guess for the guys to make to make a television show, you love the people who are outspoken, right? So, you know, guys like Dave Mustaine, um, guys like Phil Anselmo from Pantera, um, and of course Ted Nugent. You know, these are guys who, whether you love them or hate them, you're going to tune in to see what the hell they're going to say because you never know. And 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 so you you had to tune in. Okay, I hate Ted Nugent. What time does that show come on? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to watch. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Certainly a live wire that one, isn't he? <laughs> For sure. Um, so, um, so what are you doing now? Obviously, I've, apart from this tour that got cancelled, what 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 sort of things are you up to at the moment? Yeah, um, uh, don't worry. I mean, it's not just the tour that's cancelled; it's all my gigs have been cancelled. So, yeah. I'm busy, busy <laughs> trying to rebook those. But in the meantime, I do a. I do a very similar show. I do that Jameson show on a, um, a streaming service called Compound Media. Okay. And um, it's kind of a you know a nod to what I did on that metal show. I broaden it out a little bit. I include comedians and sometimes we do a little sports. So a, a bit of a guy's show. Cool. But, um, yeah, people can check out compoundmedia.com, that Jameson show, once again, me stealing <laughs> a logo. Uh, and somebody else's idea for my own. Nice. And um, <laughs> uh, I'm interviewing, you know, rock guys on there and bands and other people. So uh, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. And um, like I said, just, you know, out promoting the album. And, you know, I'm sad I'm not coming over your way. I was looking forward to because I was going to do, you know, some stand up yeah. on the show. with Biff, And then he and I having a sort of a talk show format kind of segment of the show and then his his band to play live but uh hopefully we can uh you know work something out when all uh this this panic and end of the world stuff ends <laughs> yes definitely definitely no it was i was actually gonna go to one of the shows as well so i was like kind of looking forward to it um but yeah no i hope you guys get it rebooked uh and everything and um i'm gonna give your show a listen actually I've just written that down on my notepad. Yeah, it's, here. A, it's a video cast, so you can, um, you know, you can um, hop on and, and we have a whole, you know, big set and everything. So, um, actually, speaking of Ted Nugent, next week he's calling into the show. So, oh, fantastic! Uh, it's a <laughs> it's an hour long thing, but yeah, and you could also listen to it as a podcast as well if you don't want to um, look at me. <laughs> well we'll see we'll see what we'll see what my computer allows me to do so, yeah <laughs> cool well um i've got a couple of questions left for you and i can let you get off and uh get on with the rest of your i guess isolation if that's yeah. <laughs> to at the moment i think we all are at the moment my kids are just uh schools have just been closed and everything here so oh wow we're kind of like getting uh getting to that point um but yeah i've got like i said i've got a couple of uh a couple of questions left for you um i just i know you already named your sort of like your top uh british metal bands but i was going to ask you to name your top three albums 
Um, not necessarily by British metal bands, by sort of anyone, um, but the kind of ones that kind of define who you are, like the ones you grew up on and influenced you. Yeah, so so the first one's easy. It's Kiss Destroyer because it's the first hard rock record I ever got in my life, you yeah. know, and when you're 11 years old and you pick up this album and there's they're rock stars yep. they're superheroes they're comic book heroes i mean that's there's nothing better in the world when you're 11 than that no they are and, the like ultimate gateway metal band aren't they uh rock band well um, now they actually they ruined me for a long time because oh. it was like well who if nobody like i didn't think anybody could ever stack up to them you know it was yeah. like wow they I mean this is this is what it should be. This yeah. is the gold standard. But then slowly, obviously, I, I started to get into other bands. Um, so I'd probably say, you know, for me, the first time I actually probably listened to heavy metal was, uh, you know, the, the Iron Maiden Killers mm-hmm. would be my real introduction to heavy metal. Um, I walked into a, a record store back when they used to have those, and yeah. I picked up the vinyl and I saw the cover, and I said, I don't even know what this sounds like, but I must have it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I bought that, and that was, boom, I was on my way with that. And then probably, um, you know, I'd probably say, like, you know, Motorhead Bomber. Nice. Because, um, you know, again, Lemmy being my hero, and, you know, for me, picking up that album – in the time where kind of a lot of the pretty boy bands were getting popular. Yeah. And to see these three ugly dudes on the back cover, (laughs) I was so excited (laughs) because I wasn't into the pretty bands. I wanted the bands to be ugly and uh, motorhead were, were ugly and, and awesome and, and beautiful because of it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I'll say speaking of motorhead, I've, um, I I don't know if you've uh, heard Phil Campbell's, latest album um he was the guitarist in motorhead for a while um, yeah i just i just hung with phil and his sons on oh, the mega cruise nice yeah no i, I yeah. Saw, saw them live with uh ugly kid joe um about a year or so back they did a tour um turned out i knew the singer from a previous life so that was good um <laughs> the one that actually isn't the son which is fun as well um <laughs> but um no no though i was just wondering if you had because i I really enjoyed their his um old lion still raw album and um and obviously phil campbell and the bastard sons it's both both of those albums are fantastic albums and um i got you know a chance to to hang with phil and his his kids a bunch and i just i was just told him i said you know you know how much i loved lemmy and i know how much phil loved lemmy I mean, there's a beautiful song on that album that is all about how much he misses Lemmy. Yeah. That um, I defy anybody to keep a dry eye. Mm. So I just said, hey, thank you for continuing on with music because you're all we have, Motorhead fans, yeah. the connection, you know, still to to Motorhead. In terms in terms of the music, obviously, Mickey D is off doing Scorpions, which is awesome, but but Phil's really kind of still holding that torch and, and he's playing with his three kids who are, who are all friggin' awesome, yeah. Yeah. you know, and he's, and he's really lo- loving life. So, uh, I hope, you know, he continues on and, and he's, uh, you know, he's healthy and he's actually, he's sober and, mm. 
Um, although I do miss, I do miss the crazy Phil Campbell <laughs> very much. I, <laughs> I don't think he's wearing, I don't think he's putting on ballerina outfits after shows anymore. But um, <laughs> as long as he's playing that 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 guitar the way he can, uh, I'll take him any way I can get him. Excellent, excellent. No, he's, uh, it was a fact. Like it, was, it totally blew me away when I saw them because I heard the album. I thought oh, that's a good. I saw them live and it was oh it was just amazing and then they started playing some motorhead songs and getting like uh west west crane um oh is it is it west crane with crane. crane that's it um yeah get, i should get my names right <laughs> like coming on and doing vocals and like born to raise hell and stuff and i was just like this is fucking awesome and it was a tiny venue as well so um yeah, yeah. Well, that was the other thing. I hope, you know, Phil was going to come out to, to one of the Biff shows. And, yeah, I mean, those guys from Motorhead, really, they mean a lot to me, man. They got me through a lot of stuff. And, you know, people ask me about, um, you know, sticking around in comedy for 20-plus years. And I go, hey, listen, it, it comes down to one Motorhead song. Don't let them grind you down. Mm. You, know, that's, you know, anytime I've had a crappy set and I've come home and I'm, you know, yeah kicking the furniture and and pissed off at the world you know it's like all right let you know lemmy stuck stuck in he he hung in there the whole time he never gave up um don't let them bastards grind you down yeah yeah no definitely i mean i gotta say i'm motorhead for me they were the first band that i saw as a kid that got me into heavy music um i saw them on a tv show here called the young ones um, yeah of course that's that, a famous one with ace of spades where yeah, they played yeah and like I, I remember that episode perfectly because it's like i know the situation like they, they were they're going on university challenge which is a game show here they're like university kids and i love mm -hmm. that show but when they had them on there that was the first time i was exposed to like fast heavy music um i grew up in a household of predominantly say pop music so beatles um uh like general sort of like pop music of the time um mm. but that was the first time that was like the the one band that has turned my head and like from there i went on to iron maiden guns and roses and 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 and, and all that bands up until all the bands that are around today as well because i still love finding new bands um but yeah no it's just say motorhead for me it's just one of those like it's just the center pillar in my sort of like musical like um influence if you will yeah because i don't think if i'd sit hadn't seen them i don't think i would be into as the sort of like the sort of style of music i'm into now so um yeah no i was just reiterating that the motorhead are fucking they were an amazing band so cool so that will be that'll be my next company album we'll 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 find a way to 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 do a tribute to motorhead on the next one but I'll do it you know as a <laughs> keep rock and roll dangerous keep comedy dangerous and dude i really appreciate the support and and hopefully i, I get over the pond uh as soon as like i said the end of the world uh yeah the stuff ends once we've been saved <laughs> yes cool uh, i've got one last question and then i can let you go um what do you do away from comedy? What are your hobbies? What do you do to sort of like unwind or escape from? Oh boy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm big into sports. So I go yeah. to a lot of sporting events, you know, I love baseball and basketball and hockey and football. So, you know, usually when I go on the road, uh, I look up the sports schedule in every town that I go to and, 
you know, if, if I can get to a, a daytime game or if we have an off day on the road, you know, get go out to, and see a sport at night. So, mm. yeah, usually that and, or you know, really just listen to music and um, uh, beer. Hey, nice. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, no, I was good. I'd, like, I used to love going to baseball games when I was in the States. It was just one of those, like, obviously we have sporting events here, but I was in, I was based down in Tampa. Um, so we had the Rays. Yeah. Um, not the greatest baseball team in the world, but their ground is under a dome. So I, yeah. <laughs> it was air conditioned. So it was quite convenient. <laughs> and and also beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's beer tea. <laughs> which, is a, which is a very crucial part of the baseball experience. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I do that. And, you know, um, you know, in the summer here, I live by the beach here in New Jersey and I ride my bike up and down the beach and, um, you know, uh, but my, my fun comes from my work. So, uh, I prefer to be out doing what I do. And so right now is definitely a challenging time, but, yeah. um, you know, again, I'm, I appreciate the conversation and, uh, and the support and, cool. uh, yeah, good hope everybody safe and healthy thank you mate thank you well i'll let you get on and um again thank you for doing this like i said a big fan i've been absolutely fantastic speaking to you um and uh yeah once once we're out of this uh whatever the hell this is um we'll uh, uh try and oh well i want to see you come over here and uh get that tour with biff going again let's get it done cool thank you mate have a good rest of your day all right you too man thank you thank you bye-bye